my first financial breakthrough was right after the car accident. Because like, just like that, like what am I leaving my wife and kids? After the accident, I took the company from zero to $1.3 million in 10 months. Wow. I would not stop no matter what. Like I wanted to be successful just because like that was a big like wake up call. You don't change things. Like what kind of person are you that you have these kids and you have your wife and you leave them with nothing? Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. All right, all the way from Orlando, Hector Perdomo here today. You got a crazy story, man. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to dive into it. You grew Absolutely. up in a, uh, a pretty violent city, right? Yeah. Um, luckily, like, you know, my dad, he's like, I want a better life for, for my kid. And um, we moved. But, I mean, my dad didn't even graduate his freshman year in high school. Wow. Like, he was just in the streets. It's just not a good area. So, yeah. um, I say one of the things that I'm blessed that he did was get me out of there and mm. not growing up in that. Because who knows what, you know, what could have happened if I would have stayed there. Yeah. So, which city was that? Uh, Lawrence, in Massachusetts. North I haven't even Boston. heard of it. Yeah. So, um, you know who Nicky Jam is? Yeah. So, in his, he has a little story on Netflix. He's, that's where he's from. Oh. Yeah. So, like, you know, the you seen and everything that was going on there with his mom like that's that's Lawrence damn yeah did you get wrapped up in the scene no I left I was like five years old okay um my dad was from the street and he's seen a lot of it and he was like man this ain't this isn't what I want for my my, my son. it was only me at the time my mom was pregnant with my younger brother but right. he was like man I don't came to Orlando like we came for a vacation he's like yeah this is <laughs> I gotta get away from that's the spot you know, this, so you've yeah. been in Orlando since you were five yeah nice yeah. And growing up there, what was that like? Um, it's changed a lot, like comparing to what it is now. Like I lived in a, a city called Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing, Orlando, Kissimmee. Um, but it's changed dramatically. Um, I would say like there's certain events that have happened. Like uh, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, a lot of people came. Okay. And then when, um, when the pandemic hit, like a lot of people from Northeast came to Florida, specifically like Central Florida. Because they were, you know, remote workers and everything like that. So cost of living was cheaper in Florida, mm. but they got to keep the Northeast wages. You know right. what I mean? So we've seen like a big change in Central Florida because of that. That's why Orlando, Tampa, Miami's market is through the roof now. Mm. You know? So your real estate's gone up a lot out there? Yeah. Nice. Like the Tampa market is huge. Orlando's always kind of been. And then Miami, of course. Miami skyrocketed. Yeah. But even Tampa, I hear a lot of people moving to Tampa. Yeah. No, business-wise is booming. Um, me and my wife, like we were contemplating, because my cousin, one of my other cousins, he lives in like Doral. Yeah. He's like, man, come down here for networking. I was like, man, if I land an extra one client a month, I cover the overage. Mm. But we were looking, it's like a 42, 43% increase in rent. Mm. I got three kids at home. Damn. I have an oldest, you know, hopefully he can come. Visit. Like, I needed a five bedroom minimum. Right. I'm not gonna pay like eight grand a month, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So we were like, nah, let's just, you know, stick it out in Orlando. We found um, a good spot where we live at. We live all like on a golf course and everything now. So, nice. real good spot in Orlando. Yeah. And you had kids early, right? Early age? 19. Damn. Was yeah. that planned? <laughs> if you're no. watching this, sorry. No, <laughs> no, not out. at all. It wasn't planned. Um, I mean, I thought I was going to hoop growing up, man. You were nice? I was pretty good. We got to play out here, man. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, a lot of people, my friends, I, I was like a, had a late growth spurt. You know what I mean? So yeah. I played since I was like four or five years old. Damn. But I didn't really start getting like really, really good until I was like 12 or 13. Okay. We went to, um, I went to, you know, in high school, you go to those camps in the AAU, summer. yeah. 
Yeah, we did AAU. So uh, I played for a team called Kissimmee Wildcats. We actually went nationals. Nice. Played against Dwight Howard and Josh Smith. Dope. We're getting <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me tell you, like, there's certain people that you can just tell when they're young, they're going to make it. And Dwight and Josh were that. You knew at 13 they were going to uh, make it? Oh, they were amazing. Yeah. How like, tall was Dwight at 13? Um, Man, I don't remember exactly. He was... Oh, no, he was dunking. At 13? Yeah, man, he was like, <laughs> if you crazy. see him, like, we came, like, again, even from down here, I mean, in Orlando, Kissimmee, we, we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So we did, like, car washes and stuff just to get to certain tournaments. Damn. Man, they're sponsored by Adidas. We see all this gear and stuff. Here is a little yeah. team from Kissimmee having to do car washes just to make it over. Shout out to the Science of Scaling podcast hosted by Mark Roberge. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO and senior lecturer at Harvard Business School, interviews some of the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling company growth. He recently had on the head of sales from OpenAI, and that was a very interesting episode on the future of AI. Listen to the science of scaling wherever you get your podcast today. Make it over here. And we were getting destroyed. Yeah. And my dad and uh, one of my coaches who he ended up passing uh, last year, well, 2022, mm -hmm. um, like, man, if y'all don't man up, like they were, you know, cussing at us and said, like, y'all better man up or we're going to leave. And it was like our first game of the, we were starstruck. Yeah. You know, it was our first time in a major tournament, AAU Nationals. You know, they really hype it up. And we were like, just stuck. Got blown out. Yeah, we were, but... We were down by like 40 or 50 at halftime. My Damn. dad and my coach was like, either tighten up or we'll leave. And we brought it down to like 10, 15 points. It was respectable. Wow. I mean, we still lost yeah, by like 15, 20 points. But, man, it was, it was an amazing experience. But, man, there's certain people from a young age you know, like, they're going to make yeah. it. And so Dwight you, was absolutely one of those. I feel that. Uh, so did you end up playing college? No, I was, I was going to walk on at UCF. I mean, I had a kid early. Yeah. Um, my dad had left, so I had to work like two jobs. Like, once I graduated high school. So I had a full ride to use, like, any college, really. Wow. Graduated with a 4.3 GPA. Holy yeah. High school? Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah, I had a scholarship, full ride, um, like, 75% paid nationwide, 100% paid if I stayed in Florida. Yeah. Um, I decided to stay local because my mom got really sick. Mm -hmm. So I stayed close to home. I went to UCF. Um, had to work, like, two jobs, help out in the house. You know what I mean? Had a kid at 19, so all that, you know. Yeah. You got to man up and take care of responsibilities that you just, I mean, I was, there's no excuses. You know, I made that decision, so I had a man up. Wow. Dance. You were really nice, dude. I can't wait to see you play. And then you had a uh, a car accident, right? Yeah. January 4th, 2021. Jeez. You sent me the photos and, yeah. and there was an article about it, right? Yeah. That is insane. What happened? Um, I was actually on my way to, I just signed a lease for our, our office and, um, Driving on a road. It's like one way north, one way south. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't know what the kid was thinking. He was only 21 years old, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he was thinking. And he was doing like 80. And he tried to pass like three or four cars. And I'm in a Durango. He's in a Civic. Mm. I'm doing 50, 55. And we just hit head on. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, I blacked out. I was talking to my wife on the Bluetooth in the car. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing him come at me. And I said, oh, shit. I try to go into like the woods. I'm not allowed to say those words. I'm in a car with my wife. <laughs> yeah. Because she like gets PTSD from it still. Oh, wow. And um, like I just remember seeing him come at me and like I blacked out. What I remember isn't what happened. 
Wow. Because I remember turning right, and I remember seeing him trying to get back into the lane after passing the cars, but he actually was trying to go back like into the woods. Mm. So I hit him on the passenger side, and he spun and hit my truck again. Damn. So he ended up passing away. Then the passenger, she flew out the car, and like when I opened my door, her body was Holy like right God. in front of me. Like he had a passenger in the car? Yeah, he had a passenger and a little girl in the back. None of them were in their seatbelts. Oh, my gosh. And they all passed away? So the passenger and the driver did. The little girl survived. Holy crap. That's yeah, so his traumatic. body, his body, it was, he wasn't a hero. And I'm not here to, like, talk bad about anyone, but yeah. his body stretched back and prevented the little girl from flying out. Wow. But it wasn't like he was trying to protect her. It was just, it was a f I mean, honestly, I say it was a blessing because... Him not wearing his seatbelt allowed him to be trajected backwards to stop the little girl from flying out. Too. Wow. So did she end up getting new uh, foster care or something? Um, I have no idea. Like, the laws in Florida yeah. are tough. Like, I had full coverage on my truck, so I thought anybody, like, get uninsured motorists and specifically ask for uninsured motorists. I thought full I, coverage on a truck, yeah. you're fully covered, but you specifically have to ask for that or they won't cover uninsured motorists. I Dude. did not know that. I'm glad you said that because I just bought a, a G-Wagon and one of the tabs was uninsured motorists. And my friend was like, you don't need that. Get it. So after hearing I this. I got nothing from wow. the car accident. I got nothing. So you almost lost your life and you lost a bag. Yeah. Um, all they did was pay off the truck, but I had to go get. I mean, the truck was, you've seen the pictures. Yeah. It was destroyed. Gotcha. So I had to go get another vehicle they didn't pay for any of that yeah and your in my own recovery i had to pay for my physical therapy all that stuff yeah ptsd ptsd still to this day sometimes like um i'll be driving and if i depending on the road mm -hmm. like it replays in my head jeez january 4th every year so far like i replay the accident in my head oh my god so and your wife heard all of this yeah so um when we hit so like i said i remember him coming at me but that's it I don't know how long I was blacked out for. And I was basically like, I remember hearing my wife like, babe, babe, wake up. And I finally like snapped out of it. Um, I'm like, I got hit. I mean, <laughs> I just didn't know where I was at. So um, crazy story. Like my seatbelt snapped off. Damn. So I don't know how bad the car accident is. I see a cop coming at me. I was like, put my seatbelt back on. I don't want to take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, now the cop is like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay. And um, he's like, is anybody in the car with you? I was like, no. He's like, get the hell out the car. So there was oil all over the place. There was a little bit of fire on the car. So he just told me to get out. Yeah. And that's when I got out, seen her body. I was like limping a little bit because yeah. the um, I love that truck. We bought another one. Yeah. Because the way those are set up is like kind of like an accordion. So everything like went down, the motor dropped, and the airbags. So it hit my foot, which is good because... You know what I mean? It prevented anything from happening. My foot getting more damaged, but right. I, I like sprained ligaments or something like that on my foot. Yeah. So I was limping for a little bit. Damn. That is a crazy story, man. Yeah. I tried to hoop after. You still tried to hoop? Oh, so you not, can't Not play? like right after. I would say like a year later, I yeah. tried to hoop because I had to do my own physical therapy and stuff. And Not the same. Bro, like my wife was like, come here really quick. And she looked at me. My hips were like this. Oh, my God. I was like, my whole body was shifted. So I have to like strengthen my core. Just so that way, you know what I mean? I yeah. could like be all right. You need a good chiropractor session, man. Man, I tried chiropractor. It didn't work? Didn't work. So it relieved I a little bit. I tried physical therapy. Didn't really work. What really helped me, and I live by this, my boy Tomo. Mm -hmm. um, he has like an anti-aging clinic. He does a superhuman protocol that um, yeah, but Gary Brent Cardone and Brent. Yeah, that's what helped me. Interesting. 
Yeah, because I had I guess so much inflammation in my back that that reduced the inflammation and kind of gave my back some room to breathe. Mm-hmm. The day before I walked in, that was having sharp pains, and I'm the time I was 34. I'm like, screw it. I guess I gotta live with you know this pain. And um, so when I finally walked out, I go to the owner. I was like, bro, like I don't feel the sharp pain. Mm. He's like, serious? I was like, I don't feel it anymore. Where he was saying that I had so much inflammation, it's not normal on a first session to feel that, but because it was so much that it reduced it enough to like allow my back to breathe. Wow, I gotta check that out. Hopefully, there's one in Vegas. Yeah, I know. I know he's opening up more. My guy Tomo, mm-hmm. he's opening up more um, clinics. But bro, I, I live by that. I tell everybody that I'm like running into <laughs> a health. I'm like, hey man, you gotta hit up my guy. Like, he really helped me out. Anything health related. Um, my mom, she was having really bad inflammation problems. I took her to the clinic. Inflammation went away. Mm. I'm talking about inflammation all in her like organs and stuff. Damn. And that is what helped her. That's dope. Yeah, I gotta yeah. look into that. I'm all about health, man. Health is super important to me because yeah, man, I, I neglected it. mine for a while. Same here. Like, um, I mean, sometimes like you don't think you're unhealthy. You think, oh no, I'm good. And like certain things happen in your life, you're like, damn, I really gotta start shifting things around. Yeah. And I do my blood work now like every three to six months. You know what I mean? Just yeah. I stay on top of it because you just never know, man. You really don't. No matter how much money you have too. Like if you're not healthy enough to enjoy it, no what's point. The point. Yeah, if you're not healthy enough and if you don't have people to enjoy it with, I noticed. Yeah. Because I've been, you know, super rich without friends and it it's way worse. Yeah. Than having friends and being yeah, money. mentally, like just surrounding yourself by like the right people, good people. Like I'm big on all of that, man. Physical health and mental health, mm-hmm. because like I've been through certain like with the PTSD and stuff. But now I like look at life completely different. Like I don't like people like draining my energy just mm-hmm. because it's like, man, I rather I can go down the street. Somebody's gonna drain my energy. <laughs> at least I don't have to be around that person for too long. Yeah, yeah. They'll drain me, and then whatever, get out of here. You know. I cut that. Sh- wick bro if if i see someone constantly doing it to me maybe two three times they're gone i, I think it's necessary i think sometimes um like especially in my culture it's like family 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 but sometimes man it's your own family mm. who like drain you and i think sometimes you really have to take a step back and like evaluate what's good for yourself first because like the whole airport uh, airplane thing they're like put the oxygen mask on yourself first mm-hmm. then take care of everybody else i don't think that's selfish right. i think even as a parent like, if I'm not healthy enough or mentally stable to take care of my kids, what good am I to them? Yeah. So I feel like like we have to start taking care of ourselves. Yeah. I want to dive into the business side of things and how you, um, you know, got out of poverty. What was that first big financial breakthrough for you? First financial breakthrough was, like, right after the car accident. Like, I was, um, I was always in sales. I made, and I mean, like, good money. Like, I was always in sales. I mean, like, you make three, six grand a week. I mean, that's cool for a salesperson, but my first financial breakthrough was right after the car accident because like just like that like what am i leaving my wife and kids mm. like i could have died right then and there right and then what i leave my wife with our three kids and nothing and my oldest with nothing you know what i mean so um after the accident i took the company from zero to 1.3 million dollars in 10 months wow and i was just so like laser focused that i would not stop no matter what like i wanted to be successful just because like that was a big like wake up call like man heck if you don't change things like what kind of person are you that you have these kids and you have your wife and you leave them with nothing mm. so i mean that was 2021 was really my first like and honestly man i built all that with relationships um i was good on the phones i was good at building relationships like mm-hmm. good at sales and i just transferred that to 
networking in business. Mm. Like just be good to people and just make sure you're doing the right thing. And then like you'll attract good, positive people around you. Absolutely. Which business was that? Was that the credit repair business? No. So it was a consulting company. So I had a consulting company with an ex-business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Nerdy Biz. And I left that company. Like I completely left. Um, this is where like, you know, people who are draining you, you got to you gotta cut it. Yeah. Um, even though I was super successful, like I closed all the contracts. I made all the money for the company and everything, but like it was just me. So it's like if it's just gonna be me, it might as well be me all the way through. You know what I mean? And my wife used to warn me, she's like, Man, I was working like 18, 20 hours a day. Cause like after the accident, I just like I became obsessed. Right. And my wife is like, You you're missing certain things going on around you. And that's why I'm so big on like checking my surroundings with people and not just letting people drain my energy anymore. Yeah. I mean it you get used to it that you don't notice it, but mm-hmm. like once you pick up on it once, then you start to notice it all the time. You know what I mean? Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. Oh yeah. But my whole life, I mean, even my own parents sometimes, you know yeah. what I mean? And that, that's a tough one because you can't really cut them off. But sometimes you got to like distance yourselves a little bit. I'm big on that. Like I've had to do it even myself with my parents. Yeah. Like um, it's unfortunate, but like I think this is what pushes me to be a better dad. Like um, I don't have the best relationship with my father. Mm. Like, I, it is what it is. And um, like I want to be such a good dad to my kids. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like I'm a little rough on them just because I want to prepare them for what I've had to go through and what I've seen. Mm. I don't want no one to take advantage of them. But my wife is like, you know, the softer side to yeah, it. Yeah. So it's cool. Like, I let her be that because I have to be tough on them. But every day is like, daddy, daddy, daddy. So I know they understand it's it's just genuine tough love. Yeah, It's never disrespectful or anything like that. But I've had to step away, man, because they want, want, want. And then it's draining your energy. Yep. Like, you know, I made the decision to be married and have kids. Like, that's my focus. Not, you guys are grown adults. Find a way to make it happen. I'm sorry. Like, these kids depend on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it happens more often, and depending on your cultures, like, in my culture, like, oh, don't you dare leave your parents behind. Mm. How dare you? But you can't be like that. Yeah, that's tough. I have noticed that with with your culture, yeah, because my my, um, fiancé is Latina and so big on family, dude. They run, Mm -hmm. like, 15, 20 deep when they go out. It's like, (laughs) damn, like, Uh, that wasn't how I was raised, you know what I mean? No. They're all about family. Yeah, man. Um, every time I go back home, you know, North Boston, like, we're always together, man. We do everything together. I have a lot of cousins. Like, when we're together, it's great. You know what I mean? Like, we're a big family. But, man, sometimes that you have to distance yourself. Yeah. To take care of yourself to set things up. And then after you set everything up, cool, then go back and be like, hey, look, I'll take care of you now. But um, I'm big on, like, season. Like, I always say this. Like, sometimes you meet people for a reason. Sometimes it's for a season. Mm. That's also your family. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like you have certain relationships within your family, but it needs to be seasonal. And if you don't, like I've messed up with this. Mm-hmm. I've allowed certain relationships. Like, no, there's a reason I met this person or there's a reason I'm here. No, it's seasonal to get you to like another level. And like making that mistake has cost me a lot of money. Yeah. But it's, it's learning lessons. You know what I it's mean? It's learning. Yeah. I try not to give out loans to family actually because it, yeah. can, it can create some animosity. You know, yep. I mean? 
and like they weren't they also weren't there for me when i was starting they actually talked stuff when i dropped all out of college time. so i keep that in the back of my head oh yeah all the time like oh you had a kid early <laughs> oh like you know you could have all right cool that's done and over with you know what i mean i take my experiences in basketball and like apply it towards business mm -hmm. like i'm very competitive like i keep that competitive edge in business like if somebody tells me you can't do it i'm like all right watch facts and i'll do it and um i've had business partners that's why i said ex-business partners because again same thing reason season and my wife is really big on catching this but i get so like prideful sometimes i'm like no 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 i didn't make a mistake here like no like i know this is a good decision and mm -hmm. uh Dude, yeah, I was taking advantage the whole time. Something about the girls, man. They're good at sensing that Bro, they're so good at, like, intuition and energy. Like, yeah. I get so mad. Sometimes my Sh wife is like, wrong again. Bro, I don't think my girl's ever been wrong about someone's, like, energy. Energy? Bro, same here. <laughs> and I get so mad. I'm like, man, she don't know this business side. Like, she hasn't been in it. Like, she's not understanding the numbers or whatever. And yeah. she was 100% right. Same, I'm dude. like, damn it. Every time. And it's gotten to the point where now it scares me when she says yeah, something yeah. because I know she's right. You yeah, know I mean? like like just recently, like I was in a relationship. I'm like building something and I'm working on something. And I'm like looking at her. I'm like, <laughs> all right, what are your feelings? Like, what are you thinking? And she'll tell me. I'm like, all right, damn it. <laughs> I'm not even going down that road because it's happened to me, bro, where I've lost a lot. Same, dude. That business, all the profit I had to split. Wow. Not even contractually. It was just, that's what I said I was going to do, so I just did it. Your word is bond. Yeah, so I didn't have to, right? And you like, were doing all the work, right? I did all the work. Exactly. My relationships, my experience, um, this is where I got into credit. He was supposed to be building our business credit. He was supposed to know credit and all this stuff. Right. And I come from like, um, well, I come from the call center, but like I started my own like funding company. Like I had relationships with hedge funds. Mm -hmm. Um, I had relationships with like merchant cash advance companies and all that. So like we were building a program, we get a money, he was supposed to fix credit. Right. He couldn't do that part of the business. Like it wasn't happening. And he was still getting the money, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, what's going on? You know what I mean? I had um, relationships where I had over like 200 people working for me at one time. Damn. Doing customer service back end stuff. Like I'm real big on um, outsourcing, man. Some amazing people that don't live in our country that can work for you, mm -hmm. but that speak our dialect. Like I have call centers in Nicaragua, Mexico. I've dealt with, you know, different countries mm. and they've worked amazing. Nice. So like we built a company on that and it was doing all the work. Yeah. Like to the point where my wife was like, hey, let's take a weekend. Like you're, you're drained. And I wasn't taking care of my health. Mm. This was after the accident. Like I was not, because after the accident, my mom picks me up from the hospital and she had Ah. And this was 2021. So you got it. So I had a quarantine. I, caught, I tested positive. So I couldn't do anything for two weeks mm. after the accident. So imagine like every day at 1.30, my head was ringing like if I just got hit again. And I could do not. So that's why I dove so much into work. Because mm. it was the only thing that would distract my mind. It was your escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kids were in school. So like during those hours, my wife was working. I was like, I felt like just going crazy. So I just like dove into work. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was asking for my business partner to help. I was like, hey, can you help? Like, no, nah, man. I was like, oh, I said, let's just get away for a weekend. So we went to Colorado, went in the mountains, and it felt great. Came back, same thing, 20 hours a day away. <laughs> She's like, well, so let's go to Chicago. So I told, him, I told him, I was like, listen, bro, I need a break. Like, I'm drained. Sean, we land on the airport. 
we're not even on the subway yet in Chicago and my phone's blowing up. <laughs> I'm like, never stop. I couldn't get a weekend. Yeah. Like, we're splitting the money. You know what I mean? But, but I learned, I learned a lot. Like, I le- that's reason season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a reason that we were in business together. And I'm not, t- like, I learned a lot from that. But if I would have understood reason season then, I, I could have saved a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Think, um, you know, I've had partners like that too. And now I'm super selective. And now I lay out the groundwork well in advance on paper, roles and responsibilities. Yeah. And if you don't follow this, then you lose this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it, like me learning that got me some amazing relationships now. Mm-hmm. Like now I say I'm like resource rich. Right. Like I have some amazing relationships that they're not monetary yet, but when put in the right place, it's it's gonna be amazing. Absolutely. You, know? you started a, a couple men's clubs, right? Yes. So um, seven hundred and eight hundred men club is like my uh, my passion. Um, we were talking about like mental mental health, mm-hmm. and I lost a really really good friend of mine in two thousand twenty two to. Mm. And um, if you were to look at him, you would never think. Right. Um, he was a he was a Navy vet. Um, he went to school at Full Sail, so he had a couple degrees there. Like his thing was to take musicians, and he would, you know, engineer, like producing, mm-hmm. but do the marketing for them so they don't get taken advantage of by like, you know, these these deals labels, that they get, right? Yeah. Labels and deals. And then I was gonna teach credit and funding for them so they could like, basically just fund themselves, mm-hmm. right? And um, but he was my director of marketing for my my company, and. I'd never seen it, man. Like, we were laughing all the time together. Mm-hmm. Two days before Father's Day, I talked to him the night before. We were about to close the deal. And, like, he missed the, the meeting, the Zoom meeting. And I'm like, that's not like him. Mm. So I hit up our graphic designer. I'm like, hey, have you heard from Josh? He's like, no, but let me call him. And he committed Damn. Man, and I you was had no, just talking to him. No signs at all. No signs. And I'm talking about, bro, this guy was healthy. He was a, like he wanted to get into like semi pro boxing. Yeah, he was in physical shape. He meditated, you know what I mean. He smoked, mm-hmm. so he was like at ease. So I thought, and I don't know when it's just you and the four walls. That's why I'm so big on that, especially for men. Um, we're taught man up, right? Right, like you you can't be weak, which is tr- we have to we have to be providers, but man, there's certain times where man we just need to talk and right. we don't feel human. It's almost inhumane what we have to provide for our families. And um, I want to provide an outlet for men for that. So that's where 700 Men Club is me providing resources for men like physical health, mental health, helping them with credit, mm-hmm. um, helping them get funding for their business. My ultimate goal is to build like um, almost like a homeless shelter, mm-hmm. resource center for men who could just go in there. Like if they have to be there for a year, live there for a year, it is what it is. We help them get them on their feet and then we bring them back into the world as an asset, you know, to the world. Wow. We teach them health, physical, physical and mental, because especially someone who's going through that, like they need mental health help. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Credit and funding is, man, it's so, it's just so different. Mm -hmm. Like when you have good credit, I would say credit is king. King, bro. Because I can go anywhere and pull a quarter million dollars faster than I can go make a quarter, unless you know certain people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can go get a quarter million dollars very quickly. So help them, help them with their business. If they don't know a business, help teach them a trade. Mm-hmm. So that way they don't go back into the world and go back down that road. I've, I've fed the homeless before and I've always asked, like, hey, like, what happened? Mm-hmm. One decision. That was it. Damn. 
Like I was talking to one lady one year and um her husband divorced her and she lost her job within a month. Damn. Became homeless. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, it is crazy. I'm really glad to see you help them, honestly. Every year you're doing stuff for homeless people. It's it's powerful. Yeah. I feel like man, it's um it's like my way to give back. Like you can't just be like yes, you have to be selfish to a certain extent, but you gotta like give something back. It's good karma. Yeah. Like I'm big on energy. So if you're not putting out good energy and trying to help those, I'm not sitting there saying give them everything, mm-hmm. but like just help out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um like I do with barbers, they'll go and cut people's hair for free for a day or something. Mm-hmm. Like that changes everything for people. Like yeah. how you feel, how you look. So just finding ways to give back, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that men's group is so needed, man, because, yeah, we're taught to toughen up. You know, for 25 years, I bottled everything in. I didn't tell anyone, but past year or two, I've been opening up, and it's it feels amazing to get that lifted, off yeah. you, that weight lifted. No, nah, so, I like, it's so important. Like, I started a Discord group. I'm just, like, starting it. Um, I even have it to where, so the 700 men club is to get people to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And 800 men club is all of us are at a level, and we're all investing together, we're all doing deals together, whether it's real estate deals. Um, like, I want to end homelessness in Boston. Mm. Like, I have access to, like, I work with Nation. I'm actually the global business director for Nations United for Peace. Wow. I have access to humanitarian projects. Um, we can do real estate deals for a third of the cost. Like, we can build real estate for a third of the cost. Damn. All, it's like fireproof, moldproof, hurricane-proof. It passes, like, the 14 of 16 humanitarian, like, boxes that they got to check, mm-hmm. right? I want to bring that technology home. And then after we fix homelessness in Boston, like go to all the other major cities. Mm. So like 700 men club is to build men up and then 800 men club, we're all making money together. I love that. You know, so that's like my main, and it was all started by stuff that I went through, but also like losing my, I knew him for seven years. It wasn't like I just met the guy. Like he fed homeless people with me. Damn. So losing him was like the ultimate. And this was after my car accident. So I was already kind of, I was like, man, like if I know P- how PTSD feels, I can't imagine what he was going through. And it wasn't um it wasn't a clean like it was how he went was sad. Yeah, a lot of veterans, man. It's sad. I actually have a lot of them on the podcast to talk about this more because it's people don't even know. But I mm-hmm. think it's like it's either four or eight veterans a day. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it was sad. Like, have you ever seen an all men's homeless shelter? No. Why not? Yeah, that's needed, man. Right? So women and children have an opportunity to go somewhere. But what about the men? There's mm. more homeless men than there are anything. Yeah, I usually see, when I see homeless people, it's like men like 80% of the time. Yeah. So that's my goal. Like, we, we bring them somewhere. Um, rehab. Because a lot of times, not always. And I'm not excusing anyone for any decisions that they make. They make a bad decision, you make a bad decision. You got you to gotta lift up, lift yourself up, and you got to man up. And like that, you do. You got to make the decision to, you know what I mean, want to get better. Mm-hmm. But you also, like, why not provide the resources to help be there for them? Right. You know what I mean? And then, all right, cool. You help them get off a of but then what? They go back into the world and, like, temptation is temptation is tough. Yep. And if they just got through that and we're not, su- not providing the support to help them in that temptation, I mean, are we really helping them? So, like, that's my, my ultimate goal is to build that and we're just helping men consistently. I love that. Hector, where can people find you? Where can people find out about the clubs? Let them know. Um, at Hector Perdomo 87 is my Instagram. At 800 Men Club. At 700 Men Club. Uh, those are my Instagrams for the, the men's clubs. I'm just starting it out, but 
So I'm definitely going to be posting a lot more stuff on there for people to reach out so we can all network and, you know, be together. Love it. We'll link it in the video. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate thanks it. for watching, guys, as always. And I will see you next time.